politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome into the Mark Harvard Podcast, episode 32. Wow, I can't believe we've done this many of these things. Thanks, everybody that keeps chugging along with us. Uh, This episode in particular brought to you by all things new counseling services. You know, life can be difficult. You can struggle through a lot of things, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, don't feel like you're by yourself when you have to face these things. Call All Things New Counseling Services. They are a Christian counselor. No judgment. They just want to help you get through it. It's 205-765-9155. 205-765-9155. Call, uh, call Charmin and the gang over there. They can help you out. Man, 32 episodes we've done of this thing. Good grief, and uh, we're just getting started, you know? Um, I came across this story right out of the gate. Um, an Illinois woman was arrested in Hawaii for having a fake vaccination card. Now, I'm looking at the picture of this thing, and first of all, I have to tell you, if not for the stupid mistake that was made, I could see where it would be very easy to fake these cards i really can because i mean i've seen my card and it's when they when they first started doing these things they didn't really worry about counterfeiting they weren't they just weren't there yet they weren't do, they, they didn't do any of the, the, the holographic non you know counterfeit stuff it was just a printed card on some card stock they printed a you know a grid on it and you, you, know, you wrote you know your information on it i can it, it, i can see where it would be very easy to to uh, falsify these things. So she was arrested in Hawaii on suspicion of submitting a fake vaccination card. They caught her because she (laughs) misspelled Moderna on the card. Yeah, authorities arrested Chloe Mrozak over the weekend on allegations that she used a fake vaccine card to fly to to Hawaii in order to bypass the mandatory 10-day quarantine for unvaccinated visitors, according to the Hawaii News Now. So I'm looking at a picture of her, and yeah, she's, yeah, she she was already in a swimsuit on the plane. She just wanted to get on with her vacation and I guess didn't think the rules applied to her. Anyway, according to a court document, the handwritten card said that Rozak was had received two doses of the Moderna vaccine in Delaware from National Guard members. Investigators say they received a tip that she may have faked the vaccine document and Delaware officials told investigators they could find no evidence of her vaccinations in their medical records. Officials arrested her on Saturday in the Honolulu airport as she was set to fly home after identifying her by a distinctive tattoo found in photos on her Facebook. She was being held at a correctional center with a bail set at $2,000. And the moral of the story is you should never, ever lie on official documents, ever. If you're going to do it, you may want to do a quick spell check first, I guess. But I could see where it would be very easy to falsify these things if you wanted to, because chances are... Unless there's a red flag that gets raised, no one's really gonna tr- gonna test you on it. You know, I mean, they don't you know make phone calls. They don't you know. It, it, there has to be a reason for them to doubt and and call and and double check it, like misspelling Baderna. No, yeah, no one who does those is gonna ever make a mistake like that. So my question is, how do we 
guard against that in the future? I mean, do the next wave of, of cards have more counterfeiting stop gaps involved with them? The little holographic strip, the 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 uh, the watermark on it, or something, uh, because these had none. The the one that everybody has right now has nothing to stop it from being anything that you could not do with a copy of of uh, Adobe uh, Photoshop and a good printer. Not even a good printer. I mean, it's just a black and white print on cardstock. Any any printer or copier could do this. The thing is, I wouldn't do it. That's the thing is, I, I can see how easily it would be to do it, and 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 I'm not giving anybody ideas. The people that would do this already know how easy it is. Um, the thing is, though, those that would not think to do this are the ones that are going to get caught with something stupid. So, I guess what it comes down to: don't fake it. You're going to get caught. Something always gives something like this away. Also, I mean. I just don't, I don't, you know, do, vaccine vaccine or no vaccine, that's up to you. You do you, but uh, don't lie about it. You know, if part of the, part of you making the choice, you know the consequences of whichever choice it is. You know, if you get the shot, you know that you're probably going to have a bad day or two of symptoms. And then, uh, you know, whatever we don't know down the road, you know, no one's really grown a third arm yet, but, it, it, you know, there's that. But if you don't get the vaccine, you know going in, there are going to be places you can't go. There are going to be places and things that you can't do. So just, I'm not saying do one or the other, but know that there are consequences and things to think about on both sides. It's not just you cruising along life as usual. There are things that get affected by this choice. So don't expect to get just written off on it. Just because you may or may may or may not agree with the policy, you know. Oh man, sorry, didn't mean to get off on a rant there. Uh, this came out of oh, where is this? California State, um, California doing a good Australia impression. My my, my theory on the, on Australia is that everything on Australia is actively trying to kill you at all times. That's just where that's the rule I live by. But this happened over in California. Uh, the headline is never underestimate the power of a mom's strength because it literally saved a kid's life. When this mom punched a mountain lion after it took a hold of her son and drug him for 45 yards. Yeah, the attack happened over in Calabasas, California, which I'm not sure where that is, where the five-year-old boy was playing in a tree near his house. Suddenly he was attacked by a mountain lion. We don't have to worry about that here in Alabama, I, I don't think. Man, I hope so. Maybe, maybe I don't let my son go out alone anymore. Anyway, who grabbed him and started dragging him around. Fortunately, his mom was there to save the day as she heard her son screaming and immediately ran toward him to protect him by any means necessary because any parent is going to do that. So according to uh, a, a spokesman from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, the mom began punching and striking the mountain lion with her bare hands and got it off her son. The unnamed mom then took her son to the hospital where he was treated for injuries to his head, his neck, and his upper torso. Officials have said the boy is in stable condition and they, uh, they, well, they had to euthanize the mountain lion after the attack because, you know, a threat to humans now. So a true hero of the story is the mom because she absolutely saved her son's life. Absolutely. And any parent would do the same thing or at least try to do the same thing. Um, and it's something I would never have have identified with until I became a parent. 
how far that bond goes. I mean, you can talk about your hype if you have, you don't have any kids. You can talk about your which, how you would raise your or do or handle your hypothetical kids all day long. But once you become a parent, you get it. You get that you would literally do anything to protect this kid. Anything at all is what you would do. Man, so yeah, way to go, mom. You're a good mom. Hey, stick around. Uh, when we get back in just a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this father. He was uh, dying of cancer, actually. And he wrote his own obituary. And it's absolutely the way I would like to be remembered. So stick around for that. Also, don't forget this uh, show brought to you in part by Excalibur Service Company. You can find out all about them by calling 205-718-8688. They are who I trust my family with, and they're exactly who you should trust your family with. Also, they're looking for master plumbers with a very good pay scale. So if you're a master plumber, give them a call and get all the details on that job as well because they are they're kind of willing to throw the kitchen sink at you. <laughs> And uh, tell them that uh, the Mark Harvard Podcast sent you. Stick around. More to come. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We are so happy to have all things new counseling services as a member of the Mark Harvard Podcast family. Now, here's the thing. Life is not always easy. There are times when things change. We have to kind of adjust with that accordingly. And life can sometimes be overwhelming and frustrating, downright messy. If you're in one of these seasons in life, you need to call all things new counseling services. That will come alongside you. They'll offer you strength, encouragement, and hope in the confines of a safe and therapeutic environment. Listen, I've known counselor Sharman Rutherford for a while now, and she is amazing and an amazing resource for people that need a little help getting through some of those valleys in life. So give them a call, 205-765-9155, or go by their website, All Things New counselingservices.com and tell them you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. Summer's here and it is time to update that summer wardrobe with some merch from the Mark Harvard Podcast. Go to markharvardcreative.com right now and click the store link to go get t-shirts, polos, bags, and hats with the Mark Harvard Podcast logo on them. You can also pick up our famous Jesus Soundwave design featuring the audio Soundwave of the name Jesus. All that and so much more found at markharvardcreative.com today. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Welcome back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Yeah, you can get all that merch that we talked about on that in that spot over at markharvardcreative.com. Cool t-shirts, cool uh, sweatshirts, long sleeve t-shirts. Update that wardrobe with some cool stuff. Uh, and also kind of help support the podcast a little bit when you do that. So thank you, if you've already done that. <laughs> I came across this story, and it's kind of a tearjerker, so I'm going to go ahead and just prep you for this. Uh, a dad's obituary reveals that uh, he was Spider-Man, and he asked his son to avenge his death. Uh, I'm all about a creative uh, obituary, if that's the type of person you are. You know, not everybody lived like that. 
But if you were one of these people that just was all personality and all, you know, do it. I guess what I'm saying is let the let the, let the after death, let the funeral, let the uh, uh, obituary match the person that you're supposed to be honoring. You know, make it be something that they would like. I've told my wife over and over again after I pass, I mean, do a funeral if you want to do a funeral for you. Because, I mean, I will never know. I would prefer you do a roast. And don't go easy on me. I have spent the last 45 years giving people all kinds of embarrassing ammunition to use against me. So, yeah, roast me. That's what I want. I want an absolute roast. Sit around listening to some, you know, Simon and Garfunkel or Foo Fighters or something like that. Uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket. And roast me. That's what I want. But uh, going back back to this obituary this guy put out, uh, Aaron Joseph Permont is his name. Uh, he decided he would rebel against the traditional obituary style, and he wanted to write something a little different for himself when he battled against cancer. As a result, this was published on Sunday, November 30th in the Star Tribune. This is, you know, last year, has gone viral. In a shocking reveal, the art director proclaimed that he was secretly Spider-Man. <laughs> Check this out. I'm just going to read this to you. Um... Permot, Aaron Joseph, age 35, died peacefully at home on November 25th after complications from a radioactive spider bite that led to years of crime fighting and a year-long battle with a nefarious criminal named Cancer, who has plagued our society for far too long. Civilians will recognize him best as Spider-Man and thank him for his many years of service protecting our city. His family knew him only as a kind and mild-mannered art director, a designer of websites and t-shirts, and concert posters who's always had the right cardigan and the right thing to say, even if it was wildly inappropriate. Aaron was known for his long, entertaining stories, which he loved to repeat often in high school. He was in the band Asparagus Children, which reached critical acclaim in the northern suburbs. As an adult, he graduated from the College of Visual Arts, which also died an untimely death recently, and worked in several agencies around Minneapolis, settling in as an interactive associate creative director at Collie plus McVoy. Uh, Aaron was a comic book aficionado, a pop culture encyclopedia, and always the most fun person at any party. And the post concludes with a list of Aaron's loved ones and family, some real, some probably not. He survived by his parents, Bill and Kim Kohlmeyer. Father Mark Permutt, Patricia, Autumn, Allie, sisters Erica and Noel, first wife Gwen Stefani, current wife Nora, and their son Ralph, who will grow up to avenge his father's death, his, his father's untimely death. <laughs> and uh, his wife started a Tumblr site during her husband's battle with cancer. She wrote about the unique experience of teaming up with her husband to write his obituary. She said, I've never laughed and cried more in one sitting, but I'm so glad we got to do this. I love this man so much. So he's gone now, but thanks to his foresight and creative mind, he was able to leave his family with one final gift to bring them joy. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to open the door a little bit here. Um, you know, some of you may know, I lost my first wife to cancer. And, you know, she beat cancer a number of times. Uh, cancer only has to win once. And through that time, uh, Marianne was her name. Marianne and I, you know, we talked about possible outcomes quite a bit and sometimes they were just tear-filled cry fests other times they were practical things like hey if you need this your car title is in this blue tub in the closet just so you know if i'm not here that's where it is uh we never ran from it we always faced it right on we knew that you know cancer only had to win once so that you know each time she relapsed it became more and more probable 
I guess. Um, didn't make her death any easier, but it made it less surprising. And I had already started doing some some coping and some healing before she actually passed. I'd gotten used to the idea, I guess. Anyway, um, I say all that to get to the night she passed. Uh, her family was surrounding her. I was, you know, I was there, obviously there. Her with her, and her family was in the room as well, surrounding her, and uh, she passed. And they left the room, and anyone that's that's lost a loved one uh, like that, they know there's a lot of paperwork you have to sign. And so I, you know, I signed all the papers, um, did all the all the squaring away and all that, and I finally walked out to the waiting room where they were, um, along with uh, some members of my family and uh, some family friends and that sort of stuff. And they all stopped and looked at me. Like, okay, there's Mark. Um, and so I took the opportunity. I said, listen, um, we're sad for us, but we're not sad for, for Marianne. She's not feeling any pain. This is the first time in years that she has not felt pain. She's feeling relief. She's feeling awesome. She's getting to meet God right now. I'm jealous. So I say all that to go back to this guy's obituary. He approached it with that feeling of of being true to him. And his wife approached it with a feeling of of being sad not not being sad for him. If that makes sense. Does it? Hope so. Just some things to think about. Um and like I said, if anyone ever questions it. I want to roast. Roast me after I'm gone. Um, I don't. I feel like I shouldn't do two Dave Grohl stories two weeks in a row, but I can't pass this one up. A little girl named Nandy Bushell. Have you heard about this this girl? She's a little girl, cute as a button, and she actually did a. I think it was a Target Christmas ad last year. She's a drummer, like a drum genius. And over COVID, she went on. Uh, on social media, challenged Dave Grohl to a drum off. And she was really good. And so he came back at her, and he said, uh, okay, fine. And he like gave her just a, like a legit drum challenge. She matched it. And so they went back and forth two or three times. Now that COVID's over, Nandy, who is now 11, got to actually go on stage with Dave Grohl. I know, right? So the, the young prodigy got to go out on stage. He had, he introduced her and did the whole, this uh, this person inspired me last year so much, and I'll tell you why, because in a time when you would pick up your phone or turn on your computer and all we had was bad news, for that one day you'd pick up your phone and see that connection between two people making music together and spreading joy and love across the world. So he said he didn't think much of Nandy's challenge at first until his friends started texting him to respond to it, and he picked up his phone. He said, okay, I'll play nice. And then when she comes back, she whoops his butt in front of the entire planet. Round three, he says, I do something else. And she comes back and kicks my butt again. He then says they've had the honor to jam with some pretty amazing people over the years, including Beatles and Stones and Pink Floyds. But he said, this one here takes the cake. And he pulls her out on stage and they play Everlong together. If you know the song, it's a very flashy, very fast and very grueling drum part in that in that song. It really is. And she owned it. 
crowd chants her name. She's just, yeah. And it's awesome. I actually shared it over on the Facebook page if you want to go check it out. You can also find it, a hundred different versions of it on YouTube because everyone that was there posted it on YouTube. <laughs> just type in like Dave Grohl drummer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, not bad. Not bad for an 11-year-old. And, and what, what, what gets me is I know there are a lot of kids out there that, that have, you know, are prodigies. Um, there's one kid, one guitarist that keeps playing with Counting Crows whenever they go through Ohio. And they keep bringing him out and he keeps getting better. Um, I, and there, those kids are out there. What, and, and the talent level is just amazing. But what I really get is... The fact that you're pulling this 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old up on stage and they don't freeze. You know, they're in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people at a Foo Fighters stadium concert or an amphitheater concert. And you pull this kid who's 11 years old up on stage and they don't get nervous. They just go, all right, fine, I'll do this. I mean, they, they go at it and do their thing. That is what I'm the most impressed about. Because you can practice your way, and if you if you're over if you're overly talented like these kids obviously are, that's the easy part. The hard part is the maturity is having the maturity to present it in a way that it comes off with the amount of gravitas that it deserves. So yeah, cool stuff, man. I just that's something that I I've never been, you know I. Standing up in front of crowds is not a big deal for me because the bigger the crowd, the less of a face it has. I'm way more comfortable in front of a thousand people than I am in front of six. But it's a whole different argument when you're that young. It really is. So, yeah, it's good to see. The uh, the uh, the video is up on the Facebook page. Go check it out. So, stick around. In a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about this cat that saved its owner. We're all, yeah, that's right, all, not all Cats are, are bad. Also, a little bit about an old 80s movie that I am thrilled they're making again. Because I don't think it got a fair shake the first time. All that's coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around. More to come. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Guys, you know I love talking about all the folks I do business with. And let me tell you, I am thrilled to welcome Excalibur Service Company to the Mark Harvard Podcast. When we moved into our house last year, Ben and the gang came out and checked a bunch of things. And we have since used them for all kinds of electrical work and HVAC stuff that nobody wants me attempting. <laughs> That's who I trust my family to for HVAC and electrical work. And you should trust them as well. Go to ExcaliburService.com or call them at 205. 5718-8688. That's 205-718-8688. Tell them you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. It's Excalibur Service Company. 
Old World Lumiere Candle Company has been with the Mark Harvard Podcast since the very beginning. And let me tell you how happy we are. You can get all kinds of scents, guys, to make your house smell great. And they aren't just your frou-frou floral stuff. Guys can get candles like bourbon or leather, and they come in these really cool glass containers. Check them out. Everything they've got is at owlcandlecompany.com. And tell them I sent you. It's Old World Lumiere Candle Company. at MarkHarvardCreative.com, the Mark Harvard Podcast. And we are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Don't forget, go find us on Apple uh, Podcasts and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate that if you could go do that. Uh, Same with the other services. Leave us a review, leave us some feedback. That helps us out with uh, distribution and stuff like that. And, of course, share the podcast with friends. It also helps. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So much to to continue talking about. I've got got a lot on my plate today. But I've got this story. Now, in my house, we have two cats and two dogs. And we love all of our animals immensely. I'm, you know, most of my life I grew up a, a cat person. But uh, in the last, I guess, couple years, we got one dog, and then when we moved into this house, we kind of inherited another dog with with the house. But it's the sweetest dog. So, uh, yeah, we have two dogs, two cats. And I can tell you I love both. It surprises me and my wife how much of a dog person I've become. But, uh, man, there's just I sleep so much better when I've got a cat laying across my feet at night. It just absolutely soothes me. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of cats, so this really shouldn't surprise me, although a lot of cat haters will call it a fluke. Uh, a hero cat led passerby, passersby rather, to an elderly owner who fell down a steep embankment. Uh, dogs get most of the attention when it comes to daring rescues, and with good reason. Uh, you know, they do a lot. I mean, I mean, the whole St. Bernard barrel around your neck when, you, when people are, you know, lost in a snowstorm thing. So cats can be jerks. And yeah, I'll give you that. Our cat Sam just waits till we go to bed to find things to knock off the counter to make us get out of bed to go figure it out. So yeah, cats can be absolute jerks. Now I say that as someone who loves cats more than most people and dogs more than most people, but realistically, cats would rather cause chaos than anything else. So the Bodmin Police Department in Cornwall, England set out a search for an 83-year-old uh, woman on a Saturday in mid-August, this past August. The woman's whereabouts were unknown given the potentially dangerous terrain surrounding the woman's home. They feared the worst. Because of the woman's age, once again, 83 years old, and potential dangers in the area, every minute they said was essential because they're thinking she could have fallen down a ravine. She could have, you know, broken her hip or something like that. So an unexpected helper arrived in the form of the woman's cat. As the police searched, a resident of the area spotted a sleek jet black cat meowing frantically in the distance. Upon first thought, they probably thought, that cat's food bowl is almost empty and the cat is freaking out. Any cat owner knows what I'm talking about. If you can see the bottom of that bowl, then they're absolutely starving. So, yeah. Uh, After approaching the restless feline, the source of the cat's panic was immediately evident. Nearly 70 feet below at the bottom of an embankment was his owner. 
Thanks to this cat, rescuers were called in to bring the woman to safety, and the police shared the harrowing ordeal on Facebook, giving credit where credit was due to the cat. You know, and that's the thing. Cats get a bad rap, don't they? And Yeah, they can be jerks. Dogs can be jerks, too. But dogs aren't as sneaky as cats. I, serious, I seriously believe one of our cats, uh, his name is Sam, and he's the younger of the two. Sam waits for us to get into bed and then walks around the house looking for things to knock off counters. So we just hear these mystery things hitting the floor in the kitchen from our bedroom or history things like getting knocked around on a counter. And we walk in there, and there's Sam just sitting there in the middle of the room, in the middle of the floor, like, oh, you're up? Hi. And then you just see the, the chaos that he has been spreading all around the room. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Cats can be jerks, but it's good to see that they also can have redeeming factors as well. <laughs> oh, man. So, have you seen this? Um... Guy named David Ailawu, yeah, I don't, I've never heard of him. So, uh, but apparently he's a uh, the star of a show called Selma. He, he's producing and circling the starring role in the revision, a Disney revision of the classic The Rocketeer. The Return of the Rocketeer is going to feature a retired Tuskegee Airman, awesome, who stumbles across the jetpack that turns him into a hero. Now, remember, the first movie took place back in uh, in World War One. And it was very, uh, very period piece. So they're bringing it a little further in, uh, past those events. I thought the Rocketeer was awesome, and I always thought it was a shame it didn't pick up any more than it should have. I had the Nintendo game for the Rocketeer and enjoyed it. Um, we actually showed it to Jack, my little boy, my four-year-old, not I guess maybe a year and a half ago, and he thought it was cool. So I'm actually pretty excited. And I like that they're doing this. You know, the diversity, the for, forced diversity sometimes comes off a little shoehorned in. But this works. This would be made a Tuskegee Airman who stumbles across a jetpack. I can totally buy it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, they were the first black military aviators in the U.S. Armed Forces fighting for their country. And, yeah, I, could I absolutely see it work, and I am absolutely in favor of this. So I'm I'm pretty excited about how this is is going down, and I'm really looking forward to it actually. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this could be pretty awesome. I'm I'm excited about this, and that's one of those movies that I don't think it got a fair shake when it first came out, and so I think that okay, a revision a revisit to this one may not be a bad idea. Give it another shot. There are a lot of other movies that they were doing that I think they need to leave alone. But this one I'm all about just because I think that it could be entertaining for, for people in a different time. Maybe it was just too far ahead of its time. Maybe it needed the Marvel Universe to kick off before people took a movie like that seriously. I don't know. No word on if Timothy, Timothy Dalton is going to be back. He was the bad guy in the first one. That does it for me. I'm out of here. Don't forget... Go check out All Things New Counseling Services if uh, if you need some help. Uh, they're over there in Tuscaloosa, a couple of, couple of blocks from Capitol Park, 205-765-9155. Also, thanks to Excalibur Service Company. If you've got HVAC issues, uh, electrical issues, and they also need a, a, a master plumber, they're looking for one of those, 205-718-8688. That's the Mark Harvard Podcast, and I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.